is full of mysteries. And we're here to explore them all. Welcome to ABC Cryptozoology. ABC Cryptozoology. Welcome to ABC Cryptozoology, the show where we teach you the ABCs of cryptozoology. Anna, it's been a while since we recorded an episode. Yes. Uh, you know, we we warned you all it would probably be a while and we're not going to give any hard deadline or schedule. And then, of course, I went out and put an Instagram post saying we we're going to do it last weekend. And then we did it. <laughs> But here we are, uh, or maybe it was a couple of weekends ago. I don't know. We've been incredibly busy. Yes, very busy. Yeah, but here we are now, and we have a brand new episode for you. This time we're talking about a lake monster. Ooh, uh, talking about the Ogopogo. Ogopogo! Yeah, very exciting. So, um, once again, we're just going to get right into it, and uh, we have no real weird news or anything that's... Some stuff has happened, but nothing notable, so... Yeah. Let's get right into the episode, yeah? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Season 1, Episode 13. O is for the Ogopogo. When you hear the name Kelowna, you may think of many things, including award-winning vineyards, delicious locally grown fruits and vegetables, and, of course, the incredible Okanagan Lake, an unusually long and serpent-like lake that Kelowna sits on. However, Kelowna is known for more than just its wine and fruits. It is known for the legend of the Ogopogo, a water cryptid that has haunted the waters of Okanagan Lake since the 19th century, or possibly even further back. Similar to the Loch Ness Monster, the creature has had hundreds of sightings over the years with varying descriptions, yet one thing always remains the same with every sighting. That of a serpent-like creature with multiple humps that could be visible above the watercrest. By all accounts, it sounded like your typical sea serpent description. The very first documented sighting of the creature was in 1872 by Susan Ellison, the very first non-native person to live in the region. No one questioned Susan's sightings because of the aboriginal groups that lived in the region had sightings of their own. She would become the first European to have a sighting of the Ogopogo, or as it was known then, the Naha'aitsk. Years would pass before much was said about the creature again, but in 1924, a song would be written and recorded which coined the Ogopogo name. It is thought that the lyrics describe the serpent-like creature seen in the lake. However, not much is known about the history of the song or whether it was specifically about the beast. It would be just over 40 years later before the Ogopogo truly took form. In 1968, a man named Art Folden would tell a story of seeing something enormous moving through the water. While sightings were still happening in the 40 years leading up to this event, none of them would match Art's sighting, as he was the first to get it on film. Art was driving down Highway 97 when he looked at the lake and noticed something moving across the crest of the lake. He quickly pulled over and pulled out his camera to begin filming. The footage shows a big wake moving across the lake, but beyond that, there is nothing distinguishable. However, it was enough to start the Ogopogo storm. People would begin coming forward with their own sightings en masse. In fact, in the 1980s, a tourism group offered a reward to anyone who could provide irrefutable proof of the creature's existence. 
This brought many people out, including Larry Thal, who filmed about 10 seconds of a sighting shared by upwards of 50 other tourists who allegedly watched the creature for about 45 minutes. Both Art Folden's and Larry Thal's footage had been analyzed more recently using computer software and have determined that there is certainly something with mass in the footage. However, its actual identity is inconclusive. Many skeptics believe that it is likely otters, as they can give a serpent-like feel to the way they swim in a row through the water. But, with the amount of sightings out there, could it really be that simple? At this point, the Ogopogo started reaching new heights of popularity. People from all over the world start traveling to Okanagan Lake to get their own sighting of the creature. Tourism begins soaring in Kelowna as tour companies begin offering guided lake tours in the hopes of spotting the creature. Since the explosion in sightings and popularity, more and more footage has begun to appear online or in shows about the Ogopogo. Additionally, some families have come forward in the last decade, revealing footage that was never shown to the public previously due to worries of ridicule. The footage would show what appears to be a head coming out of the water, along with parts of the body cresting the water. Yet still to this day, no definitive proof of the creature's existence has been found. Many theories of what Ogopogo could be exist, including that of possibly some native fish that hasn't been identified. Sturgeon are oftentimes confused for some sort of unknown creature due to how large they can get, but it is not known if sturgeon inhabit Okanagan Lake. One specific point made about Ogopogo is its origins. It is deeply rooted in native myths and lore. However, the description of the creature that was seen by them was substantially different than that of the Ogopogo. You see, the Naha'at was thought of more of a supernatural water spirit that would take the lives of those who dared cross the lake. In order to cross the lake, a sacrifice had to be made. This was so deeply rooted into their, into their stories that the people of the First Nations would sacrifice small animals to appease the Naha'at. When a sacrifice would not be made, the spirit would summon a storm by using its tail. The storm would pull any victims down to the bottom of the lake. The interesting thing about this description is that while it is said to have a tail, there was never any more to it than that, besides it being called spirit. There is speculation that the spirit could have actually been a water spout on the lake. Water spouts are essentially water tornadoes. They can cause immense damage and have been seen on, an, on Okanagan Lake. If a small boat were to be traveling across the lake when one of these suddenly appeared, it could easily destroy the boat and anything or anyone in the boat. To an untrained eye, this could easily seem like a spirit making a point. To this day, any and all rewards have gone unclaimed. And while sightings continue of a creature in the lake, they still have all gone unidentified. It would appear that whatever the Ogopogo is, water spirit, serpent, or just a row of otters, we aren't in any hurry to solve the mystery. Alrighty, so there we go, the Ogopogo. Ogopogo! Ogopogo. It's, uh, you know, it's basically Canada's Loch Ness Monster in a lot of ways. It's, mm. um, it, there's not a lot about it. It's just kind of one of those stories that existed for, has existed for ages. And I, for me, one of the most interesting things about it is that, you know, the kind of the history of the, of the lore with the like First Nations people and their whole, you know, having a story about something happening on Ogopogo, or I mean on uh, Okanagan Lake, 
and possibly that's being an inspiration for somebody's sighting and being like, oh, well, you know, the First Nations people have a story about a creature here in in uh, Okanagan Lake. So clearly, it's some sort of a sea serpent. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I don't know, I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. What do you think about kind of just the whole the whole history of the of the Ogopogo and and whatnot. It's kind of like mm, the Loch Ness monster's sibling, I guess, <laughs> or like cousin. Cousin, yeah, <laughs> sibling, cousin. I honestly think all um, like sea animals are pretty cute. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that made no sense at all. <laughs> well, but if you're thinking about cute sea animals, uh, do, what do you think about? Do you think they're cute because you've seen pictures of like uh, promotional art stuff for like Loch Ness monster, and it's no. like, hi, you know, it's always like some really cute looking serpent thing. No, no just because just they're because sea creatures, animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Okay, well. The descriptions of the Ogopogo, I don't know if that'd be very cute. Imagine being on a boat going across Okanagan Lake and you see this monstrous <laughs> serpent swimming through and its head pops up and it's just looking at you and it's the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever seen. That um, wouldn't be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that'd be pretty scary? Yeah. Yeah. So historically, a number of people have been pulled into the water and people have like reported this in journals and things like that, like all the way back to like the, you know, 18 and 1900s is being like, we witnessed a man getting pulled underwater and it was stormy and blah, 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 which is why people go, oh, I wonder, like there's actually footage from, I think in the last like 10 years or so of people filming a water spout over the lake, touching down to the lake. And so literally this big old spout whoosh, yeah. sucking up water and creating basically like almost like a whirlpool. And that's what's so scary about water spouts is that, you know. Do uh, whales live in Canada? Uh, in the ocean, but not in the lake. No whales oh, live in the lake. Yeah. It's fresh water. So, Yeah. It could just be literally a bad storm happen, and imagine the water's really choppy. You know when we drive across 520? Yeah. And one yeah. side of it's really choppy sometimes? Oh, okay, here's the weird thing about that. Mm. One side is like, and then the other side's like, oh, no, no. Yeah, it is very strange. Um, it's to do with the winds, basically. It's, it's a very strange thing. It's but. just like where the bridge goes over, it's like very choppy water on one side mm -hmm. and then very calm water yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Most of the boats and like stuff are over that side are yeah. over on that side. And then sometimes you see boats on that choppy of yeah. water over there, but like not that many. Yeah. We the one thing, you know, I I bring up the choppy water over there because to an untrained eye or somebody who doesn't isn't used to seeing choppy water on like a lake especially mm -hmm. They might look at that and be seeing shadows from like the wakes and stuff go, oh my gosh, there's something rippling mm -hmm. through the water right there. What in the world is that, right? Yeah. And and then you add in people in boats getting sucked under or, or you know, their boats tipping and then the boats sinking and you have yourself basically the makings of a, of a creature haunting the lake, right? Yeah. So, you know, historically... 
you look at the story of the Naha Atik Atik. It's what it. It's oh yeah Naha Yeah. Um. And it really, really sounds like it could have just been a terrible storm. Multiple yeah. of these terrible storms that people just kind of remember from history. And to somebody who's unfamiliar with modern, you know, I mean, really, we've only learned about water spouts in the last, like, 100 years or so. Yeah. So imagine people who lived before that time seeing something like that. I would probably be like... That is a spirit who inhabits this lake, and it is super angry at me, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize it was your lake. And, you know, there's a lot of of uh, stories with people of, you know, First Nations people and whatnot that uh, are really deeply rooted into nature, especially like nature spirits and things like that. Yeah. I mean, Bigfoot, there's a whole lot of stories about Bigfoot from, from First Nations people. So. Oh, yeah. Which is also very interesting. But, you know, who knows? Anyways, uh, back to everything. Um, so this lazy, lazy, wow, this lady, um, Susan, uh, what's her name? Susan Allison, right? 1872, she sees what she says is the creature. Now, she lived with the First Nations people in this area, and I'm sure probably heard a lot of stories about the things around there and the and their you know myths and whatnot yeah so perhaps she was um influenced by some of their stories so when she saw something weird out there she was like Mm. also if she's not natively speaking their language she might interpret their telling of a story very differently like she might think this is a physical thing that's in this lake so then when she sees something, she's like, I saw it. I saw the Ogopogo, you know. Yeah. Granted, I don't think it was, it had, didn't have a name. It wasn't named the Ogopogo back then. Yeah. It was, she referred to it as the Naha'it. So. Naha'it. I, yeah. There's a much better way of saying it. I've heard it on a clip, but I have no idea. I'm not good at it. So, <laughs> so we did our best. <laughs> uh, but then there could be something out there. Yeah. Who knows, right? Could, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be like Nessie. Maybe it's a dinosaur, like an old dinosaur or or whatever that you know, anything people speculate. Could be possible. It's true. We don't know if there's secret caves that like travel to the ocean from the lake or something. I doubt it, but you never know. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of a world of possibilities out there. We discover new creatures every day. Yeah. Um, and I realized that I was thinking about this the other day because I realized that. A lot of our episodes kind of end sounding like we're very skeptical about their existence. But it's to show both perspectives, right? Yeah. We want to show that, hey, listen, yes, there are some really great stories out there about these things. But here's another way of looking at it as well. So now you're armed with all the information you can ever really need. So you can decide what you want to believe in. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of stuff out there to suggest that Bigfoot probably doesn't exist, but I still believe in them. Yeah, you know? same. Yep. Loch Ness Monster, I'd like to believe in it. I That's one of my questionable ones. But yeah. <laughs> um, when you uh, said um, uh, there's a new creature, um, a new creature is discovered um, every day, mm-hmm. um, I thought back to, you know, in um, uh, Indy's um, baseball practice? Yep. 
Um, so I, when we were coming back home, um, on the ground, I kind of saw this weird, like, beetle ladybug thing with, like, yellow and black stripes where the wings would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen anything like it, and Ma, and, um, uh, Ma never saw anything like it, too. Yeah. And she was like, black and white lady, uh, black and yellow ladybug, and nothing showed up. Yeah. Maybe that was a new creature. That's very possible. Could have been like a brand new type of like uh, like a next evolution or something of a ladybug or it something. It could have right? been like a ladybug and a beetle mixed together. Yeah, because I've yep. seen I've seen yellow and black um, beetles before. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. It's very strange, right? I mean, a lot of these things, new creatures are coming out. Like anytime scientists go down to like the Amazon uh, rainforest, for instance, they catalog like at least like a hundred new creatures every time. Wow. That's a crazy amount, right? Like, <laughs> now the Amazon's huge, so I would expect there's a lot of things that are unknown. But then, like, also, I mean, anytime we do deep sea uh, dives and look for, you know, things at the bottom of the ocean, we always find some sort of weird new species down there, too. Usually, yeah. you know, a few. Um, it could be, like, the smallest thing or yeah. a very big thing. Yeah. There's tons of things we just don't understand and know about in this world. That's what's so exciting, especially like the ocean. I mean, we've makes up for like 80% of the world and we've explored like the equivalent of like, you know, a couple percent maybe of it. <laughs> That's crazy. You know how much crazy stuff could be down there? Who knows? So what could, much. You know, there could be a whole civilization down there we don't know about of mer folk or something yeah <laughs> i mean those stories exist so who knows um i th- feel like we're getting off track uh but you know whatever that's the point of free talk um so ogopogo has been seen over the years for last you know 150 or so years maybe more depending on how long ago the stories of the water spirit naha um have existed but Still, never an ounce of true, irrefutable evidence ever found, right? Yeah. Plenty of videos out there, new videos here and there showing up every once in a while, but nothing that's been like, hey, that is a creature with its head poking out, and it's got serpent humps, and it's waving and saying, hi, I'm Ogopogo. (laughs) (laughs) So, at this point, still... Just another ex-creature or cryptid, you know, that we get to wonder about until one day either it's proven that it exists or or proven that it's false. And, you know, who knows? Um, or that may never happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, you never know. It might just stay just a good old cryptid forever. And I think for me, a very interesting about thing about that, and I think I've talked about this past in the past, but uh, the th- thylacine, the uh, Tasmanian tiger, mm. Um, that's constantly apparently being sighted and people every once in a while being able to take like a quick picture and it sure does look like a, uh, like one of those. And those things should have been extinct for the last like a hundred and some years. So the fact that people are still finding pictures and whatnot or taking pictures of this thing out there, uh, shows how resilient life is on earth. That's for sure. We could, who knows, maybe we'll one day find another, like, white, well, yeah, who knows. I mean, there's been plenty of talks of pterosaurs out there still, pterodactyls. Uh. Speaking of which, well, we'll get to that later. Uh, (laughs) So, okay, anyways, I feel like that's all we need to talk about the Ogopogo. Um, Yeah, there's not really much about it. 
yeah, there's pl- plenty of uh, like if you went up to Kelowna, you can see there's lots of like, uh, you know, it's very well respected up there and and loved for its kind of tourism aspect of it, mm. like most cryptids, you know. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that area, it's not exactly, um, you know, one of the top ten cryptids that's for sure yeah it's a good one people know the name usually they're like oh ogopogo yeah i feel like i've heard that but they couldn't tell you any history about it but now you know you know some cool history about it so we're gonna break off from ogopogo and we're gonna give you guys a little story or a little telling show and tell not even show uh just to tell and tell tell (laughs) about our trip to northern state hospital yeah so up here in Washington, we have a place that's uh, has a really dark history. It was one of the like definitive mental hospitals in the country um, many years ago. It actually opened its doors on in 1912. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was like finished and built, I think, in 1909, but finally opened its doors like truly publicly to, or I guess not publicly, but to start accepting lots of patients in 1912. So that's over 100 years ago. Wait, okay. 110 just, years ago. I'm just so surprised. Like, we just, um, we're in 20 right now. Yeah. And I'm like, we're never going to go back to the ones. No. Wow. Yeah. No. At least not in our lifetime. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, uh, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so we went there um, to explore. It's a very serene and beautiful land yeah it's very beautiful yeah and then you travel towards the places where things were happening bad things to people um this is one of the places where like the lobotomy and shock therapy were kind of uh tested for the first times so it's dark like it has some real bad history a lot of people died on the grounds there's a graveyard there and like yeah i mean um and a lot of unknown areas where people were apparently buried as well uh without markers or anything they just know that from doing like ground surveys that there's basically um we could have been walking on them it's very possible i think they just they know generally where some of these people were buried so they have kept that those spots more protected mm. but um but they're in the middle of refurbishing a lot of the old hospital uh to reuse it for other purposes not for uh mental health things anymore but i think for like workforce stuff and things like that so they're trying to give a place with a dark history of a new life that's more positive which i think is very um great of them to do mm. But, yeah, I mean, this place was very dark, not great, but, you know, not to give, make any excuses for the old people, but it was, you know, early 1900s and we didn't know anything about anything, even that, you know, not that long ago. So, uh, so, you know, not, still not a great place, but they, they did what they did there and I think they're trying to make up for it. Um, 
there's a farm there that we saw the farm buildings a lot of them kind of torn down or yeah. falling apart or teenagers go there and party and they break a lot of stuff yeah it's kind of sad Throwing a lot of yeah windows. yeah we exactly. also saw that place with the furnace though that was pretty cool yeah so there's also this big old that was the torn down building mm-hmm. right yeah that was the built, one with yeah. the broken roof and stuff yeah. yeah there's a roof that was like collapsed in but you could see this big giant like furnace thing there and like a Uh, So sort of like a pump system and stuff like that in it. And then while we're looking around and walking around and we took lots of pictures, which you can see, I I posted a few of them on our Instagram, but uh, you, uh, a man walked up to us and uh, he was like pretty crazy, huh? And we're like, yeah, wow. And then he's like, yeah, my grandmother was a patient here. And we're like, what? And he's like, yep, she, uh, she was one of the ones who got like shock therapy here and stuff. And it was instantly became so much more real at that moment like uh you know when we're walking around the hospital you could feel just a heaviness there right like everything just felt heavier which i assume is just kind of that that pent-up energy there or something yeah i don't know uh but until that moment i was never really i was just like wow crazy you know what a crazy history and then that guy came along and said that to us and told us that whole thing and how she had all these stories about being there and I was just instantly like, oh, wow. Like, this was really a place where things happened that weren't great. And we have somebody here who's telling us Has about proof it. Of yeah, it. yeah. And yeah, it was very interesting, very neat experience. And kind of honest first uh, experience going to. Uh, like a known haunted place too. I and mean, that's yeah. the other part of that place is that there's a lot of stories about hauntings there. Um, shadow people walking around through some of the barn areas he and things like that. He showed me a video and it was like a shadow walking yeah. by. Yep. Yeah. There's a number of paranormal investigators who've gone there. Uh, we did it during the daytime. Um, so that way. And they wouldn't get scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also because, you know, that's, probably a pretty intimidating place to go investigate at night not to mention we had to get permission we were just going oh, there yeah. to yeah to have, have yeah to see it um but you know hopefully maybe this would be a, is enough to get you kind of excited about the idea of doing some investigations so yeah. starting all our own youtube channel and doing that stuff yeah it'd be pretty cool um okay Anyways, uh, yeah, I highly suggest you check it out if you want. It's called Northern State Hospital. <laughs> I was just saying it slow so that way people can remember. Let me make sure that's right. <laughs> now I'm starting to doubt myself. Yeah, Northern State Hospital. Um, it's open to check out. It's a public, like, Park essentially, oh. it's up there in Cedro Woolley in Washington. So wait, I just um, remembered. Um, hmm. uh, you know that, um, like the real hospital area. Yeah, yeah. Not the farm area, but the hospital yeah. area. Remember that? Um, when we looked through the window and we saw like the stretcher and the wheelchair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was cool. That was crazy, huh? And yeah. And it was like the fire. Um. Uh, Deter- no, not detergent. Fire extinguisher. Yep. Why did I say detergent? I don't know. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's one spot where there's clearly some old equipment still inside the hospital, and part of it was a stretcher that had cuffs for holding people down, mm-hmm. and some old wheelchairs and whatnot. That 
was a little spooky and just kind of unsettling. It was um, cool though. But it was cool. to see like what they used. <laughs> yeah, yep. Even if it had terrible Thing. history. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. If you are in the Washington area, or if you ever take a trip down this way, uh, or over this way, or wherever up this way, um, this way, this way, <laughs> check out the Northern State Hospital if you're interested in seeing some history and and just kind of getting a look at uh, at a very strange place with a strange background. Okay, well, what did we learn today about Ogopogo? It's a cryptid. <laughs> sure, yeah. It lives in a lake. Yep, Okanagan Lake. Okanagan Lake. Yep. Where is that up in? Canada. Correct. Okay. Uh, what does it kind of look like? Maybe. Uh, maybe looks like the Nessie, but just with humps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what else has it been described as, though, previously uh, by the First Nations people? The Naha Itsk. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but what what did they see, say it kind of looked like? Um, or what did they describe it as? A spirit mm-hmm. who lived in a lake mm-hmm. and would um, um, pull people's boats down uh, if you didn't give it a sacrifice. Correct, yeah. Um, so you had to give small animals or people to it um, to I, don't go. Think, I don't think they historically didn't sacrifice any people intentionally yeah. I think that was when they didn't sacrifice a small animal they were the sacrifice though. yeah yep. um, to cross the lake and um, get to the other places mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's solid um, number of people have seen it films something none of it's ever good footage just really like the top of its head maybe or even just otters. you know who knows what yeah it could just be a bunch of otters i mean i've seen otters swimming in in uh puget sound before and i was like what is that and that then i so and then fluffy. they got close and they're all sitting there on their backs floating through the water and i was like oh it's just uh like three or four otters i saw this paper craft with an otter laying on its back with a little seashell oh it cute. was so cute <laughs> okay so there we go. Ogopogo. Ogopogo. A quick little tale about our experience at Northern State Hospital. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now let's talk about next week. Next, not next week, sorry. <laughs> next episode. Episode 14, we will be talking about the Pacific Northwest tree octopus. Tree octopus. Oh, that's right. If you do any research about this cryptid before. It is debunked. <laughs> but we are doing it. It is 100% a hoax. However, it's a wonderful story and a great example of people trying to make cryptids nowadays and how hard, one, it can be to fabricate something, and two, uh, also just how wonderfully ready people are uh, to believe in something new. So, uh, we wanted to talk about, we'll also likely inside that same episode because we don't expect there will be a whole lot to talk about the tree octopus however we want to just bring it up because it's a local legend and it's wonderful uh, we'll also <laughs> talk about uh, modern day pterosaurs or, or pterodactyls Yay! because these are spotted still to this day Yay! all the time and it's the weirdest thing ever so we'll talk about how maybe there's still some dinosaurs out there in Dinosaur. the world um, okay well 
with that said, uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and ABC you around. ABC Cryptozoology.